This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. (laughs) Well, uh, hello and good morning. And my little talkative friend is Charlie Dobbin. Uh, Yes, well, you know, I just got to get going here. Well, you're allowed. I'm showing you my my book, okay? Your notebook, yeah. My notebook where I write down callers, questions, and where they're calling from. And I keep these books. Yes. And this is a big, fat book, and I'm right at the end, and I was just showing you that it starts on July 27th, 2013. Almost three years' worth of gardening shows are in this book. And you said, you have to keep it handy. And I said, why do I want to keep it handy? (laughs) Well, you know something? Um, I've got a... Uh, your partner there, Elliot, uh, you got to be a little concerned uh, because, why? Uh, well, I think you've been hanging around with a weatherman because he had obviously looked at your journal somewhere along <laughs> the way. You are speaking today at the Richmond Hill Public Library, I and am. the topic is... Gardening in a changing climate. <laughs> so, Man. Gardening in your long underwear in, in April. Broke. <laughs> What's going on here? Well, you know, it's a blip, okay? Yeah. It's a blip. A little bit. We're ha- okay. I think, actually, at the end of the day, we're going to end up with that April. We will have had more snow in April than any other month this for the last six months, for the last year, with, this season. Yeah, mm. like de- more than December, more than January. Crazy. Crazy, yeah. right? Well, okay, let me get the numbers on the air so you can reach Charlie Dubbin, our... Um, Expert. No, what am I trying to say? Master gardener. Master okay, I'm gardener. a master gardener. Go. I'm a professional horticulturalist. I'm a landscape designer. I'm a lot of things. There are a things. lot of other names I gave you, too. <laughs> and the numbers are 416-360-0740 here in the Toronto area. Anywhere else, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Remember, please call early, call often. One question per call. And, uh, oh, yeah, if you're a first-time caller, please let Sebastian know, who's answering all the lines there, uh, that you are indeed. And, oh, I see we do have a first-time caller coming up in just a couple of minutes. You'll hear that. Yes. And so will Elizabeth. Okay. Bells. Bells for the welcome. There you are. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, th- so here's something that you really love. Remember last year you picked up worm castings? Oh, yes. And you took them up north to Shirley's place? East in Toronto, uh, somewhere east. Yeah, uh, that way is east. Yeah. Uh, okay, Riverdale. <laughs> He's po- you're pointing to pointing. Hamilton and, you know, <laughs> uh, east. Okay, worm castings. Once again, <clears throat> the Riverdale Horticultural Society is selling worm castings. Uh-huh. How did you like them? Did they work out? Do you know uh, anything about it? I can't it? remember. Okay. I can't remember. All right. Maybe Shirley will remember. Uh, This fabulous product is good for top dressing your lawn and garden and adding to your patio or deck pots. A large bag is only $15. Half bags are $9 and quarter bags are $5. If you would like to order some worm castings and support the Riverdale Hort Society, and this is gold for the garden, Mm. contact 
RHS, so RHS for Riverdale Hort Society, RHS, all one word here, RHS, wormcastings at gmail.com. Pickup dates start very soon. Sunday, April 24th is a pickup date if you order by April 20th. And May 7th is also a pickup date if you order by May 4th. Cash payment is due on pickup, and the dates happen rain or shine. Okay. I do remember now, actually. Oh, okay. And, and I did give that to Shirley, again. she used it in the garden and thought it was great. Yeah. So oh, it is go. good. It's great. All right. So tomorrow, remember, learn about a world of saxifrages. Good heavens. <laughs> 1, to, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. featuring Malcolm McGregor. This is, of course, the... Uh, what are these? This is the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society meeting at Toronto Botanical Gardens, 777 Lawrence Avenue East in Toronto. All are welcome, free admission, free parking, fully accessible. Bring your friend and a mug or two. And a mug, okay. <laughs> or two. All right, coming up, Tuesday, April 12th at 7.30, the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society is holding their general meeting and free presentation, Orchids, Here and Worldwide, by expert Tom Shields. Guests, of course, are welcome, and refreshments are included at the Scarborough Village Community Centre, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. Same day, Tuesday, April 12th, the Agent Court Garden Club meets at 8 o'clock. So what you do is you go to the Scarborough one at 7.30 and then you whip up the road (laughs) to the Agent Court Garden Club uh, meeting at 8 o'clock at the Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland Avenue at Shepherd. There will be a presentation by Rosemary Dobson on what's new in spring design. Of course, she... uh, Rosemary is a floral designer, Mm -hmm. so I imagine that that's what she's speaking on is floral design. I don't think it's – yeah, that's what I would think. Uh, Plus, a dessert contest. Oh, I'm there. So bring your own homemade squares for one of the best contests ever. Wednesday, April 13th, the Burlington Horticultural Society General Meeting is happening at 7.30 p.m. Burlington Senior Centre, 2285 New Street at Drury Lane. The speaker is David Naylor. He's speaking on cactus and succulents. And uh, again, lots of fun, good people, refreshments, a draw. Everybody is welcome. And then, of course, we've got lots going on for Earth Day. So we'll talk about that next week. But remember, mark your calendars. April 23rd is Earth Day. All righty. And our lines are loaded at the moment. And matter of fact, we've got two first-time callers coming Ooh, up baby. in the next segment. And that will begin after these words here on Zoomer Radio from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. The Garden Show is on the air. We're so glad that you are there. La, la. Small creatures are becoming big problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's welcome Kim from Aurelia to the line here. Hi, Kim. Good morning. Hi, Frankie. How are you doing? Morning, Kim. Good. How are you? Hi, Charlie. All right. What's your question, Kim? I want to talk about my split-leaf philodendron. It's old as I am. Nice. It's Must... 57. Whew. <laughs> now, Big. you know, Frank, anyway, um, it's starting to droop a bit. Should I tie it up like oh. on uh, well, some we're... thingies? 
Well, yeah, I'm surprised. Has it just been growing in a pot this whole time? It's not going up a wall or... No, 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 it's in a pot. Yeah, yeah, but I, but they do grow as a vining plant. So I just wondered yeah, like if you... I, I usually put it, like I re- regrew it again, and it, uh, I just need to put it on some spikes or something. Yeah, I would that get... good for it? Well, you could do, uh, get a, like a little, it's in a pot, obviously, so you could get yourself like a little trellis. That uh-huh. that is designed to go in a pot because they they are they're out there whether they're made out of bamboo or out yep. of wrought iron whatever and mm-hmm. that you just jam them into the pot and let it grow on that. The other oh, thing that philodendron loves is and I've seen, I haven't seen these in a lot of years but way 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 back when I used to work at White Rose we used to sell cedar um, bark mm-hmm. stakes so it would be you know you could get like five six foot long. Um, chunks of cedar bark, basically. Yeah, I think I'd like to try the trellis. Yeah, and, and again, it would grow on that. So yeah, just give it something to grow on. Yeah, and yeah well, every now and again, like around my birthday, morning on Valentine's Day, uh-huh. it grows a new leaf oh, for sweet. me. Well, so that that's nice. when I got it. Oh, nice. Wow, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. You've kept that yeah, a long it's time. interesting. When was the last time but, you repotted uh, it? Yeah, I'm going to try the trellis thing. Okay, okay good stuff. Let us know how it goes. Thanks, Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Kim, from Orilga. And, hey, we're coming back to Toronto now. Hi. And, well, hello, Elizabeth, first-time caller. Welcome. Good morning. Uh, oh, I can't hear you. Good morning. There, oh, there you, you go. Are. Can you speak up a little bit or get closer to the phone? I have. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, just. Uh-huh. How about that? It, oh, this we're, we've maxed out things mm. on our end. Can, can I just wait one moment, please? Okay. All right. Uh, maybe we're going to switch, switch to a, yeah, switch phones. Sometimes and, cordless phones can be a bit of a problem. Yavol. Yavol. Okay. Listen we'll to you, Mr. Do. Bilingual. <laughs> multilingual. <laughs> yavol. I'm multilingual. English right. and profane. But um, <laughs> let's see. Okay, Elizabeth, are you there? Are you back? Oh, is that better? A little bit. You go ahead and ask the question, and we'll we'll try and answer, and then you can... We'll try and answer, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, there it is. Oh, there. We got you. Oh, good. Um, I I have a jade plant. It's uh, about uh, a a tuny wide, um, the the bark, the stem, and it's about 18 feet, uh, 18 feet, 18 inches tall. Uh And it's got leaves, mini leaves on the top, and it has little leaves going up the side, but those little leaves tend to fall off. So I have this long trunk Uh, with leaves on the top. uh, Sounds kind of silly. It's interesting. (laughs) I was wanting to know if I can um, cut it shorter and transplant it. Hmm. Okay, good question. Uh, yes. And is that, did you, have you had that for many years? Yes. Right. So jade plants are a good example of a plant that will benefit from pinching the top or pruning the top. Because if you took the little top buds off, just even, you know, the top half inch on that tall stem, suddenly you're going to find you will have side shoots popping out from the main stem and you will get, end up with a much bushier, better looking plant. But only at the top. Well, I mean, there are options here. If you wanted to take cuttings and translate, as you said, cut it down and save the top and continue to grow the bottom, you can do that too. Uh, The 18 inches tall, I'm just trying to think. So 18 inches does not include the pot, right? That's just the plant. Yes, just the stem. So if I were you, what I would probably do is I would cut the plant down to about four inches tall. And then leave that in the pot, leave it in a sunny spot. It will grow again 
more green's going to come off of that stem as long as you don't overwater it in the process. Now you're looking at owning 14 inches of stem. You can take that 14 inches of stem and chop that up into three pieces, each of which would be six inches long. Then you would lay those six-inch pieces on a newspaper, let them sit out just in the windowsill for a couple days till the cut ends dry up, dry over. Then you're in a position to take those stem cuttings and put them into moist potting soil, making sure that you bury at least one of the rings that's on the stem, which is where the roots are going to come from. Wow. Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a wow moment. Yeah, I know. So I know it wouldn't, none, the two mid cuttings won't look very good because they're going to have that blunt top cut off of them. But your top, top cutting is perfect because that one's got the nice little terminal growth on it. Yeah. So as it starts to pop out leaves and grow, pinch the top. Thank you you're, ever so much. Oh, Gee, you're very welcome. That's great, Elizabeth. And, and they we're delighted you joined us yes, here Yes, thank you for calling. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, the Zoomer Radio sous chef of the air of the garden on the air here, too, <laughs> Franklin Proctor. And uh, I got a great line for the sports pages this morning about the loss last night. Uh-huh. We got beaned. Beaned. Yeah, we oh, did. Well, man. we didn't, but yeah. Josh Donaldson did. Was, oh. it was him who got hit, right? Uh, In- well, uh, you know, oh, I shouldn't. I, the one time I got up to go to the washroom, I was and wondering. that's when they hit. Then Josh hit the uh, homer. I had no idea, hmm. so I came back. It was seven to two. I know. Oh, geez. And anyway, they blew it. Anyway, there we go. Well, we're hitting on all cylinders here. Myra from uh, Toronto Ooh. is on the air, and Myra, ah. welcome to the show. Welcome, Myra. Thank you. Love your show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Question about geranium. Mm-hmm. I have about 25 pots of them. I've had them for years and years and years. Mm. But some of the blooms grow this little pointy thing in the middle, and others don't. I notice it more in the fall. I've been told it's a seed pod. Yep. It's something to do with whatever. It is a seed pod. What is it? It is a seed pod. If you let that ripen, because it's, it's inside the pod or the little seeds, ah. you would get tiny. I mean, they're very small seeds. But the thing is, it wouldn't necessarily, depending on what where these geraniums came from, the seeds would not necessarily look anything like the parent. Oh, really? What would they look like? Uh, well, depends. Like I said, the, the um, genetics of both the geranium that's bearing the seed pod and whoever caused the pollination, wherever the pollen came from. Okay. Well, so, thank you so much. So, but, you know, Very awesome. can be fun. And I notice it more in the fall. Yeah, well, that makes sense because the geraniums know winter's coming. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's what they do. They're very smart, those plants. They go, oh, got to make sure we got babies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. I know. <laughs> okay. Thanks for your Bye-bye, call. Myra. Thanks for uh, being a first-time caller. And if you'd like to call into the show, here are the numbers, 416-360-0740. And anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. We're going to, well, go a little bit to the Easter to Scarborough. Say hi to Bob. Hey, good morning, Bob. Welcome to the show. Good morning. I feel I have to fall back on uh, Professor uh, Charlie there and Associate <laughs> Professor Frank yes. on problems because I have some African violets. I have about eight of them, and they're quite large, maybe mm. 10 inches across. They wow. seem to be 
well-leaved and well-flowered, and I feed them with Schultz uh, uh, fertilizer the that's valuable. Food, yeah. And on a few of them, I've developed a brown, I can't say a rash because that's not uh, <laughs> pertaining to plants, but anyway, it's sort of like a blight. Uh-huh. They don't penetrate the leaf to go through, but to sit on the top. And I went to the nursery, and they prescribed some sulfur, but it doesn't seem to help. Can you recommend something for that? So a brown on the leaves? It looks like a, a wart almost, oh, a light okay. brown, and it's spotty, but it doesn't, it's not raised, you know? It's but not it's, raised. It's a discoloration. And so, okay, an African violet leaf is normally green and fuzzy. Yeah, it's dark green, but yeah. it's spotty. It's green, but there's just light spots all over it, and it seems to be spreading. Oh, okay, but uh, um, all right. The one um, fungal disease that you would use sulfur for that you might get on African violet would be powdery mildew. And no, powdery mildew looks brown. like Boom somebody put powder. White, right? Brown on the leaves of African violets, I always think of sunburn. Possibly <laughs> because they are in a bright sun uh, light, and I have them in dishes with gravel, pea gravel, and I sit them on top of that for evaporation, you know. That's perfect, yeah, because they like the humidity. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm just thinking, okay, so they're br- bright is good, but they don't want to be in direct sunlight. Okay. So if you've got them in a northern window or an eastern window, like morning light is gentle, so that's not so bad, but you definitely never want to have African violets in the west or the south window. Okay. If, I have them in the north, okay. and some of them have it, some of them don't, hmm. and they're very uh, prolific and blooming. So nice. I don't know. It's just uh, strange. So you took a leaf into your local garden yeah, center? They and they prescribed some and kind they of a sulfur. powder with which was about $13, and I opted for the sulfur, which they said would work. Well, yeah, we do use sulfur for fungal diseases. Um, the thing we love about African violets is that they really don't get a lot of diseases. They, they'll get the odd insect. Well, they, but they get a little leaf rot, I guess, if you overwater them. If you overwater them. That's, that's the way we kill most of our tropical and indoor plants is with just too much love and too much water. So um, what I would suggest, could you take a photograph of one of those leaves, like do a fairly close photograph and email that to me? Well, unfortunately, I'm at an age where I don't have that ability to take a picture and send it over the email. I try to stay away from that because it's too yeah. rating for old people, you know. Okay, well, or even just take a <laughs> photograph and then mail it to me. You could do that, too. Do you have a camera that. at all? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I, I'll, I'll give out, or Frank, my, my sous chef, will give out the mailing address when we get off the phone. But you say it's... A shoe, a My sous chef. <laughs> sous chef. Oh, oh I thought he, he cooks sushi. Well, you're, you're right. He, I should get. Yeah, okay, it's anyway, a good idea. He should be bringing sushi in here. Wait a minute. Oh, I like uh, the assistant professor stuff. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, if you could. Uh, get we'll give the address, address. and that's what I would suggest. Because yeah, it's I, I when I think brown and I think you know crispy on, a, on an African violet, I think uh, uh, sunburn. Yeah, that's that's a possibility, you know, because it's in a north window, and I keep the blinds down like they're Venetian blinds. So. Oh, well, then it shouldn't be sunburned in the north. All right, send a picture. Okay. Thanks, Bob. All righty, Bob. Thank you Thank so you much. And, uh, folks, uh, just be – I've got to get the uh, address down from the wall. Oh, I've got it. <laughs> oh, have you got it? Okay, because I have not the uh, postal code in my head. Yes, well, you see, that's why I have my book. That's right, the one that's running out of pages. That's right, and I'm going to have to transcribe all this oh, information geez. into my new book. Okay, <clears throat> all right. And <clears throat> so the address <clears throat> then is? To me, Charlie Dobbin, C-H-A-R-L-I-E, Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, care of Zoomer, 
Radio, AM 740. The address, the mailing address is 7070 Jefferson Avenue, just the way it sounds, Jefferson, J-E-F-F-E-R-S-O-N Avenue, Toronto, M as in mother, 6K as in knitting, 1Y as in yellow, 4. So M6K1Y4. Excellent. Thank you. All righty, Prof. Away we go. Out to Scarborough (laughs) one more time. Here's Mary on the line. Hi, Mary. Good morning, you two. How are you? Good morning. Excellent. How are you? Just fine, thank you. First time caller. Oh, Oh, my golly. Here we go. This is a record-breaking day. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. You have your garden wings. I, 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 thank you. I uh, received a hydrangea plant from my daughter for Easter. Mm Mm-hmm. Lovely plant. Brought it home, and it was okay for a couple of days. Watered it and put it where I thought it would do best, in the sun, direct first. Mm-hmm. And then it's the leaves. The top layer of the leaves, like the ones closest to the root, they're still soft and pliable. And the other ones going towards the top, they're all uh, curly, dry, Crisp. and sort of crispy feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I doing wrong? Uh, okay, is it possible that when that plant was coming to your home from wherever it came from? Orangeville. For, okay, is it possible that it got a little bit uh, touched by frost? Um, it was in one of those long bags that oh. she got from the florist. Oh, okay, that's good. So, and she didn't, like, leave it out in the car and go somewhere? No, uh, no, no, straight home. I, it was cold Easter Sunday. Yeah, I remember. You know that in Orangeville is always colder than here. Yeah. Um, so... Like, what should I do? Just leave them and keep watering it? And um... Okay, so what you should do is, uh, you're right, it shouldn't be in direct sunlight, but it does want a bright spot. Uh-huh. And uh, feel the soil. If the soil feels moist, uh, damp on any level, do not water. Okay. But every day, feel the soil. And as soon as it starts to feel a little dry on the top, water. Okay. Also get out a sharp pair of scissors or a pair of uh, secateurs, uh, pruners, Uh and I would prune that plant down to, like you said, the lower leaves are still good. It's all the top growth that's that's gone all crispy. So you're going to prune all that top growth off down to where the green leaves are green and and And, look healthy. Yeah. And so it's going to look kind of silly when you're done. It'll just be a bunch of little stems sticking out. But make sure each stem has at least, you know, a leaf, two leaves on it. Uh-huh. Um, maybe four, you know, they're, um, they're opposite leaves. So just prune just above where the leaves are coming off the main stem. Keep it in that bright spot. Again, check every day for water. Be careful to not overwater. But hydrangeas oh. do like water. Okay, maybe I did overwater. Yeah, so does. eventually when we get nice weather, yep. it'll be able to go outside. Absolutely. Okie dokie. I like that word eventually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much for your help. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for calling. And indeed. Don't be a stranger. You got it. Coffee's door, always on. Door's, door's always, always open. open. There we are. <laughs> hey, Elizabeth in Scarborough. Good morning. We've Welcome been doing to the show. this for yeah, too long. <laughs> morning. Um, the locust tree on our boulevard died last year, and the city um, gradually moved it in stages. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a note on my door, mm-hmm. and it looks like I may have a choice of a hackberry or a red oak, mm. which <laughs> I, I, after the locust with those tiny little leaves and mm-hmm. raking them up is a bit of a pain, mm-hmm. I wondered, um, what is the care uh, even though it's on the boulevard, you know, you want it to look nice. And which would you, if we, if we do have a choice, which would you choose? 
Okay, it's a great question. Uh, and just one quick thing. What died on the boulevard is actually called a honey locust. No, no, I don't think it was. Oh, you think it was I an have actual a honey locust? locust in my backyard, and it's lovely bright yellow leaves. The one in the, in the boulevard was green. Okay, but they do come in both yellow and green. Oh, do they? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah you've okay. got a sunburst honey locust in okay. your back, and all the new growth is yellow. Yes. The, the difference, um, honey locust and locust are two completely different trees. Oh, really? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, so I just wanted to clarify that yeah. point. But, okay. but yeah, I, do, I was just down in Prince Edward County in the last few days, and there's lots of big old locusts there. Amazing bark. Like, really <laughs> neat bark on locusts. Okay, so going to your question, all right, how would you make that decision? Well, what I would do, both those are native plants, the okay. red oak, <clears throat> excuse me, and the hackberry. What I wonder, would, does the oak have, have nuts like the, the, or, <laughs> the oak trees? Yep, it could definitely at some point bear acorns. So okay. there's that. The other thing is, where do you live in Toronto? Are you like downtown or in the... Oh, no, no, no. I'm in Scarborough, um, East uh, Finch, uh, Midland area. Okay. I would go with the Hackberry. Okay. Because... It's. I don't know this for sure, but I believe where you are, your soil is quite clayey. Yes, yes. And red oaks do not like clay soil. Okay. They would be much happier in a lighter soil, a sandier soil, uh, okay. and also a lower pH soil. They do like an acidic soil. If you look around the Unionville area, mm-hmm. um, they planted a lot of red oaks on some of the side streets, and none of them have thrived. They, oh, dear. they slowly okay. have grown, <laughs> but they don't look, they just struggle, struggle, struggle. Uh, now, the hackberry, is it a nice uh, tree that gives shade? And Eventually it will, yeah. yeah. And it's a nice, tough tree. Okay. Uh, it's, like I said, it's a native tree. It's not a messy tree. Uh, it'll Good. be, it's important, though, that you, as the, going to be the new mother of yes. a brand new installed tree, keep an eye on it. They won't water it. The city no, no. does not come it, back and water it. There was a note and what came in the door yeah. saying that, you know, we were to give it, I think it was at least eight gallons of water yeah. at a time. So that's right. and That's not a problem. Okay, but, perfect. Because yeah. we, we supposedly do have a hot, dry summer coming. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, but me too. <laughs> yeah. It is going to be really important. Now, you're not going to water every day, but if it's really hot and dry, you're definitely going to water every second day. Oh, okay. 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 That's fine then. Thank you. So, okay, And are they fast growing? Once established, yes, but that oh. first year is all about establishment, and that's when the roots get settled in. I see. So that's why it's important to make sure you water. Don't panic when you don't see a lot of new growth above ground because it's all happening underground the first okay. season. Okay. okay. It was interesting. To, they, they removed it in stages mm-hmm. uh, over, oh, at least six months. I couldn't wow. believe it. And it was just like a month or so ago that the machine came and dug out all those roots. Oh, nice. Mm. And then they, they filled that in with topsoil. So uh, it was uh, real. <laughs> this machine came and I heard it. And uh, it stump grinder, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's great. And, no. like, it was like sawdust that came out. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, they're doing a good job. I'm glad to hear it. That's what we call urban forestry. Thanks, Thanks Elizabeth. Thanks, Elizabeth. And in Toronto, Lois is on the line. Hey, Lois, welcome to the Hello, show. Oh, good morning. Morning. I'm calling about my lawn last fall when I was raking it. I discovered I had a lot of bent grass, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of holes all over it this spring. Or not holes, but bare patches. Mm-hmm. I'm planning to do a top dress up. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure I'm doing it in the right order. Okay. Uh, top soil um, fertilizer. I haven't fertilized yet because we've had snow up till now. <laughs> and uh, and seed seeding, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so I'm just wondering, and also the man's already called about doing the aerating. 
Okay, that's a so you're, you're right. wonder, do I do all this stuff in? Great questions. Well, if the man has called about aerating, get that done first. That's what I told him. All right, so <laughs> if he's available, and actually, it's a really good time. If you can get your I proper... I said in the middle of April. Is that too soon? Uh, no, it's not too soon because the what you when we aerate a lawn, we're going to pull plugs out of the lawn, right? Core little core plugs. The the what you need is obviously the lawn to be thawed, which it is. Right. It's not. There's no frost in that top few inches, and you need moisture in the lawn, right. which we have. You don't want it wet and mucky, but you want some moisture. So if the aeration can happen in the next week, that would be brilliant. Good. Then you top dress with your topsoil. Right. So that's anywhere from, you know, quarter of an inch, half an inch of soil over the entire lawn, raked level with a nice nice rake. It's all, you fill in all your holes and dipsy doodles. Then overseed. So that's out there broadcasting the seed like you're feeding the chickens. Right. And make sure you choose a seed blend, which is for your environment. So if it's well, shady, sunny. Well, that is the best of all because... Yep. Why am I getting this bent grass? I mean, I do this every year almost. How much sun is on that lawn? Uh, I do have some trees, mm-hmm. and my man that cut the grass mentioned that. I said, well, I'm not like in a shaded area. Mm-hmm. I, I have one birch tree, and I have a flying crab. All right. Well, th- neither of those are going to cast deep, deep shade. That's no, a, more of a dappled shade. Right. So make sure that the seed, whether you're purchasing it or your, your lawn guy is, make sure that, it, and, and honestly, this is one of those you get what you pay for situations. Well, I've always used Scott's for yep. sun and shade. Yep. That should be perfect. That's a and good I choice. I always use their fertilizer. Yes. So going back to the order. Right. So, so we're aerating, we're topsoiling, right. then we're overseeding, right. and we're, then we hope, pray for rain or we get out our sprinkler at some I point. I have irrigation, actually. Okay. So your irrigation gets turned on right. and we start moistening that seed, give it 10 days, two weeks. You should start to see that seed coming up. Okay. By the, this time now, we're into early May. Okay. And then you're going to fertilize. Oh, and fertilize to land, okay. That's right. And if I were you, I at that time would use the fertilizer that comes with the corn gluten in it, which will stop any seeds from dandelions or uh-huh. crabgrass or any of that stuff from germinating. But okay. you must uh, make that, sh- that doesn't hurt the grass. Not at all. Grass. But okay. you must make sure that the seed you've put down has already germinated before you put down that crabgrass control or corn gluten fertilizer. And Scott's makes that as well. It's, got a, it's a red label on the bag. Okay. Oh, I'll get that then. Okay. I've already got my fertilizer, but it can soon get another one. That's right. You can just save the, uh, the green bag that you've got for later in the season. Uh, the one I got is for early spring, like spring, uh, oh, well. uh, what's it called? It, it doesn't have the gluten, though, in it. No, but that's fine. You could save it for the following spring. Fertilizer doesn't go bad. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Lois. Thanks, Lois, and uh, hopefully those answers will get you along to a lovely green lawn this With spring. With no bent grass. Whenever it, whenever it does yeah. uh, uh, arrive. <laughs> and we are going to arrive back for more callers in just a moment here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. <laughs> Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden welcoming all sorts of folks to the line here this morning. Boy, we've got a busy show. Uh, out in Cambridge, there's Kathy. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Hi. Hi there. Good morning. 
Yes, yes, good morning. Yes, yes, for about 10 years, I've had a bridal wreath spirea. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and at first, the blues were just beautiful. In fact, I have a picture of my daughter standing beside mm. it. But the last few years, has just gotten scraggy. Mm-hmm. So what to do? Pardon me? And what your question is what should you do? Yes, yes. All right, so remember the nat- this is this is an interesting question because we're at that time of year where we're the weather's getting a little bit nicer and we're thinking about pruning and cleaning up some of our plants. Yes. This would be an optimal time, nice dry day, get out there with loppers and pruners. Oh. You have to say to yourself, all right, what is the natural form of this plant? Bridal wreath spirea is different from all the other spireas in the sense that it grows tall and then as it gets taller up to about four feet or three and a half, four feet or so as it continues to grow it waterfalls down so it goes up and then it goes down oh. and the bridal wreath part of it comes out because it gets white flowers all along those arching stems and that blooms at bride time in june wedding oh. time so okay that's that's where the name that's from. right. I never thought of that. Yeah, so it's a June blooming, you know, beautiful white, but it gets those long arching, uh, almost like garlands of white flowers uh-huh. when allowed to grow to its natural form. Lots of people don't let it do that, and so they just go give it a haircut, and giving it a haircut is exactly what you don't want to do. Other spireas you can do that to, but not the bridal wreath. Oh. So your job is to put on, you know, long sleeves, long pants, get those loppers, get down on your hands and knees, crawl into the bottom of that plant down at ground level, and with your loppers, chop out the oldest growth, so the biggest stems are the oldest ones biggest around they're the big oldest ones they're going to get chopped out at ground level oh now you're never going to take out more than one third of the plant at any one time so you're not going to just you know cut the whole thing down to ground level Mm -hmm. but you're going to get in there and probably take out you know five or six or eight or maybe even ten stems depending on the size of it and remove them right up from the plant you know at ground level now the plant's going to be shorter and smaller Mm -hmm. and the growth that's going to be left behind is going to be younger and more flexible and then this year when it grows it's going to bloom and look great next spring i can i can already see like little wee buds i think yeah those are leaf buds you've got there i doubt you've got flower buds there yet but but you will yeah you will well you might either way you are going to limit the flowering by doing this pruning but you're going to be happy you did it because the plant's going to look better. And then every spring, that's what you're going to do. You're going to go in. Now, you'll never at any one time take out more than one-third of the plant when pruning, so per season. But within three years, you have a completely rejuvenated plant. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. All right. That's your job. Oh, okay. Thank you, <laughs> Very Thank welcome. You. Thanks for the call, Kathy. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Oh, please stay by me, Diana. (laughs) Oh, there's Diana in Toronto. Welcome to the show, Diana. Oh, thank you. Good morning, both of you. Good morning. Um, When that gentleman called in about his African violets, I I just got a funny thought. Mm -hmm. Um, I had an African violet that was just absolutely humongous. Mm-hmm. It had to be in a 14-inch pot easily. Wow. But it started to grow sideways. Right. And I'd never seen that before, so I took it. I went to the uh, the, the grower mm-hmm. who supplied most of the African violets for Toronto, 
And I said to him, you know, I've got a little problem with my African violet. It's growing sideways. And he stopped what he was doing. He said, what do you mean it's growing sideways? <laughs> I said, it's right out the side of the pot. It's, it's growing beautifully. And it's the most beautiful flowers. He said, well, how old is it? I said, oh, about 15, 15, 16 years. And he started to laugh. He said, don't you think it's time for the poor thing to go to heaven? <laughs> 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 the big composter in the sky. <laughs> but it was, it, it, that, that gentleman talking about his plants just brought back a little giggle because yeah. that was such a nice man, and he knew everything about African violet. Oh, ah, really? Well, and I th- it's a great website, too, because there is an African Violet Society of Canada. Uh-huh. Now, the gentleman who called may not have a computer, but maybe somebody who he, that was Bob, maybe he knows somebody. It's a very simple website. It's just A-V-S-C, so African Violet Society of Canada, dot C-A. Got lots of good information, obviously, on it. Okay. Well, it's got beautiful flowers and, and oh. varieties and stuff now. Yeah, there's thousands of them. It's amazing. Oh, well, yeah. I used to enjoy it when I went up there because they would... He, he would start cross-pollinating them. Mm, that's right. Colors. That's what they do. That's what the, the keeners do. Did you have a question, Diana? No, nope, just, just wanted, wanted to share my little story. Share that you. story. All oh, right, good. that's great. Thank you so much. We love when you share. We do. We yes, love indeed. tips too. We love and if you got other any cookies people. and cake and pie, <laughs> that'd be terrific. Too. Sharing is good. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, Cynthia in Bellwood. Where is Bellwood? By I the way, I know where Bellwood is. Do you? Yeah. Hi, Cynthia. You're Guelph. Hi. Morning, yeah. Cynthia. Where's Morning, Bellwood? Charlie. Morning, Frank. Good morning. Um, I have. I'm a first time caller. Oh, 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 well, wait a minute Welcome. here. Welcome. There we are. Welcome. You have your wings. I have my wings. Thank mm. you. Um, I have a money tree plant. Mm-hmm. I bought it about maybe five or six years ago, and it was about, oh, maybe six inches tall. Mm-hmm. And it didn't look very happy, so I replanted it and fertilized it, and now it's trying to grow out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, up to the ceiling and wow. starting to move across. Wow. And I'm wondering if I can take cuttings from it. You can. You can. You can also cut it. Yes, that's what I would do. Now, the time to take the cuttings is when it's actively growing. Okay. So you're going to have to wait another you know, month or so, probably, yes. because it's just starting to actively grow. But when you take the cuttings, you want it to be fresh green growth, soft, succulent, or soft green growth. And remember that the cuttings are just going to be little, right? They're going to be three to four inches long, and then you are going to root them and start new plants. And then in five or six years, you're going to call me again and say, I have a forest. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, that's all I've got to do then. Yeah, then. it's quite simple, and, and the timing is good. It's, it's just a matter of catching, the, you're taking your cuttings when the, the new growth is there to cut. It'll root much quicker than old, uh, tough growth. Well, okay. thank you very much. All righty. Thanks for your call. Excellent. Uh, that leaves us time, of course, here to talk to a, a resident in Scarborough. Pauline is on the line. Hi, Pauline. Hi there. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Charlie. <laughs> um, I just have a question about a, an amarilla. Uh-huh. It bloomed twice. Wow. And now it's just looking very limp. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, should I stop watering that now? Uh, well, feel the soil. It is possible that, uh, okay, so when did it bloom? Did it bloom at Christmas? Um, it bloomed, um, yes, Christmas, and then about six weeks later. Wow. 
So it's perfectly normal and natural that the leaves will slowly but surely turn yellow. They will eventually go limp and then they'll go crispy brown because the whole plant is going to sleep. It just needs to do that. It needs a dormant period. So that's perfectly normal. So be very careful during this process that you don't overwater. If you keep watering and the plant isn't actually using the water, you could end up rotting the bulb and you don't want to do that. So where should that be? Well, for now, keep it in the sunny location it's in. Do not water if the soil is still damp. Wait till it's bone dry. And, you know, if they're still green in the leaves, then you can water sort of one more time. But eventually the leaves are going to be yellow. Then you'll trim them off and then just put it somewhere out of sight, out of mind. Put it somewhere dark. It doesn't have to be cool or anything like that. Just dark and, and out of the way. And then you'll start looking at bringing that out and watering and putting it in the sun again uh, in, um, you know, October. Okay. So gonna, now, how close should I be trimming? Oh, you can trim. Once the leaves are completely yellow, you'll trim right down so that, you know, they're only sticking out of the top of the bulb by about a half an inch. Okay. Okay. Okay, super. Thank you Wonderful. very much, Wonderful. Thanks for your call. Yeah, here in the Garden Show. Do we have time for a quick call maybe from... Uh, uh, do we have? Yeah. Well, Sorry, we'll I give it a give it a shot here. Say. Clay and Ajax. Oh, another. Have you got a quick violet. question for us? Yeah. Hi, Charlie. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Not bad. I called a couple of years ago about African violets. Mm-hmm. Uh, we needed to fertilize them. You give me some information. Mm-hmm. And I also have my pink uh, African violet is beautiful and it's growing sideways. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter had it for years. It never flowered, and she gave it to us, and we've had nothing but good luck since we fertilized. But it grows but sideways. Like said, it is growing sideways too. It's beautiful. <laughs> you know why? It's got this big long stem down there, and it's all twisting and turning. Exactly. My wife ended up putting a little piece of two by two across it so that it, that it wouldn't, you know, break. But it's been fantastic. <laughs> so- you guys a great show. We enjoy every minute of it. <laughs> Thank you Thank for you, sharing Clay. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it's been a delight to uh, talk to all our listeners. And, you know, I really do mean that. Uh, I know. The folks that call into the show are just, well, the greatest. Gardeners are the, yeah. the best, just so to be absolutely clear. They're friendly. They're sharing. They don't bring us pies, but nevertheless, <laughs> they, they, they're good people, you know. They're looking after but the world. But you can say that about the whole audience for Zoomer Radio. They, can you? Uh, yeah, okay. you really can. They are a special breed. Mm, Listen to this go. radio station. There you, you know. Go. Anyway, I, uh, I'm going to be back uh, at 2 o'clock this afternoon and talking about and telling you the sad tale of being scammed out of my phone and $100. Now, you won't believe that. Oh, yeah. yeah you won't believe you, the story. Yes, right. it did. So I just want to do that as a precautionary note for everybody else out Good there. idea. So while With, you're telling your sad tale at yeah. 2 o'clock, I will be standing up at the Richmond Hill Public Library sharing uh, tips and techniques on how to garden in a changing climate. Where we are right now, I'll uh, tell you. We are. It's all over the world. So, well, good for you. And that is a sad tale, but you did get your phone replaced. So yep. that's also yep. the good, you know, there's a flip side. Now you just got to find all those contacts and get them back into oh, your phone. Lord, yeah, I know. Oh, boy. <laughs> Thank you, Sebastian. Couldn't do it without you. He's just not looking very happy today. I'm going to go tickle him oh, after this. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and um, yeah. thank you, Franklin. Couldn't do it without you either. And thank you, my thanks love. to all of our great callers. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.